this morning, I want to introduce us. For some of us, it will be a reintroduction, maybe a re-reintroduction. But I want to introduce us to the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Genesis, and the best way to introduce anybody to the Holy Spirit is to introduce us to the very first time he's introduced to us in the Bible. Amen. So go to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 to 3 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the amplified version says, The earth was without form and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Amen. The first thing we learn about the Holy Spirit when he's introduced is that he brings order to chaos. Amen. That's actually the very first introduction of the Holy Spirit to us in the Word. It says the earth was without form and void. It was formless. It was chaotic. Uh, there was no meaning. There was no order. And then the Holy Spirit came and he hoovered. The Greek word for that is incubus, out of which we get the word incubation. You know, like the way the mother hen will brood over her eggs until they hatch. So he brooded over the waters and he brought order to chaos. Sometimes life can be chaotic, either through our own choices or through the choices of others, the decisions of others. Life can just get chaotic and disorderly. It's unfortunate that in this day and age when people hear of the Holy Spirit, they think of everything is orderly in the family, everything is beautiful, and then somebody says they become born again, they go to some church, see some pastor, they receive some prophecy, and now the neighbors can't sleep. You know. You've been nursing your baby, trying to lull them to sleep, and then they'll start, and then there is chaos. When these Holy Spirit people show up in a community, there is chaos, there is disorder. Now, they show up in your offices as employees and there is no order in their lives. They show up late, uh, they are not disciplined, uh, they can't perform, uh, they read the Bible whilst they should be working, and uh, yeah, there is chaos. And because of all these negative perceptions and experiences around us, a lot of us have no idea in fact, we know the scripture, but it has never properly hit us that the Holy Spirit is the one who actually brings order to chaos. To the life that is chaotic, to the marriage that is chaotic, to the career that is, has been upset, to the health that is going uh, crazy, the Holy Spirit brings order. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Apostle Paul talks a lot about speaking in tongues and prophecies and the order in which it should be done and all that. And, you know, tries to explain and expand here. Verse 33, he says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Amen. He says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the meetings of God's holy people, so my dear brothers, that's verse 39, he says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Amen. 
So the Holy Spirit actually brings order, and our God is a God of order. You know, and, and that's why when we say that we are children of God and everything around us is disorderly, we we ourselves should be concerned. You know, we should ask ourselves, why is everything disorderly? Is the Holy Spirit truly at work in my life? Is God really in control of my life? Because if he is, he will bring order where there is chaos. Amen. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we also read, this is Jesus about to leave and he tells his disciples or the apostles, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I don't know if any of you has ever worked in a mine, but the Greek word for power here is the word dunamis. It is from the same word we get the word dynamite. Uh, there was a time when I, I had a client called Orica, and in the mining industry, they are the guys in charge of the explosives. You know, so if they get a concession underground, they blast. And, and we had to go underground to photograph some of their activities. And we were being briefed. Normally, to go underground, you, you get a briefing, and the guy was explaining how the wires are laid and what to avoid, what to watch out for, how to signal with our, our flashlights and where to avoid and all that. And then at some point, I asked, so if these wires accident, accidentally touches, you know, if the wires accidentally touch, what will happen? He looked at us and said, don't worry. Once that happens, you won't feel any pain. You just realize you're in heaven. This, I mean, he said, listen, the explosion is such that you won't, they won't find any piece of you. So don't, don't even think about it. If anything goes wrong, you just wake up in heaven. <laughs> but but that's, that's the power of dynamite. Amen. And you know, after that briefing, we had to go and photograph the magazine, which is where they keep uh, these uh, explosives. And there is a police officer in charge of, of that section of the mine. He guards it. So we get there, and we tell him, well, we need to go inside. And he saw us with all these lights and cameras and all that. He said, what are you going to do in there? He said, we are going to photograph some of the explosives. And he said, no, you can't go. And we said, we have permission from the MD. He says, listen, I'm not married. Uh, the family I come from, uh, it's not a very good family. Uh, I'm not going in there, especially if you are taking all these things in there. Uh, we are not going in there today. So the MD of the company had to come down from his office. Before the officer took us in there, and he, he was shivering, he said, listen, okay, I've opened the door for you, go inside, I am not stepping in there. You know, what was he afraid of? The police officer was afraid of the power of the dynamite. Amen. And, and the Bible says that we, you know, as feeble as we may be, we actually receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Hallelujah. He says, and you shall receive power. You shall receive dynamite power. Remember that, in fact, I think about three weeks ago, I was in Ayamfuri. And the Ayamfuri is a, is a mining, mining community. And basically all the residents are complaining that there are cracks in their buildings. It doesn't matter how good your foundation is. 
because there are a lot of explosives going on. So all the buildings are cracked. And the mines are saying, listen, just move out of here. You won't survive. Amen. So we are talking about power that is able to shatter any foundation. Basically shatter any stronghold. This is power that pulls down mountains. If you go underground in a mine, you are traveling several kilometers underground. And sometimes you're going underground, but where you are, there used to be a mountain. What happened to the mountain? It's been blown. They've pulled it all down. And the Bible says that we, as we are, we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Amen. And the power we receive has to be experiential. Because Jesus continued and he said, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses. Hallelujah. A witness, you know, um, a lot of us know each other. Some of us know each other. And I hope that over time we'll get to all know each other. But you see, if you have a case in court and I wasn't there when it happened, I wasn't with you when it happened. I don't know anything about it. As much as I love you, I cannot come and be a witness for you. Amen. You can only be a witness for what was experiential. Amen. I mean, for example, if you call me in court about Doomsaw right now, I've experienced it. I can, I can tell you <laughs> when the lights went off and, and how. And how it flickered and flickered and flickered before it, it went off. And now it didn't, why? It was experiential. But if I was in London at the time and you pulled me to court, I wouldn't know. So basically what Jesus was saying is that you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But it's not power that you will see in others. It will be personal. Hallelujah. It will be experiential. So when you have to be a witness for Jesus... You are not saying, and I read about, and I heard about. You say, once I was blind and now I see. Amen. You say, I was an addict. That this same power set me free. Amen. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, it set me free. I was confused. I didn't know where to go. He brought clarity. He's been for me the paracletos, the companion who never leaves. Hallelujah. It is experiential. Praise God. Because sometimes you find Christians asking themselves simple questions like, is there really God? If this faith for you has been very experiential, these are some questions you never ask. Because you know, you know how he led you. Amen. You know how he leads you. You know what you committed to him and how he delivered. So when we stand to bear witness, it is very, very practical. Amen. The third thing about the Holy Spirit, you know, I, I just feel that today I should talk about the Holy Spirit so that we stop thinking about the Holy Spirit in terms of this person who enables you to speak in tongues and to bind demons and to walk around all cocky because uh, you are Holy Ghost filled or be miserable because you are Holy Ghost filled. He's way more than that, hallelujah. In Exodus chapter 31, we read an account of the Holy Spirit coming upon very specific people. And what he brought them was the spirit of creativity. In fact, we have to remember that the first time we encountered the Holy Spirit, he was in the act of creation. Amen. He was the artist 
creating and bringing order where there was chaos. He was bringing meaning where there was no meaning. Amen. And this is his specialty. So we read in Exodus chapter 31, verse 1 to 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And I have personally appointed Oholiab to be his to be his assistant. But God is saying that this artist, I have put on him the Holy Spirit, who enables him to be a master artist. A lot of the times, in fact, if you look at the history of Christianity as we know it, if you look at the Renaissance, you know, you go to the Basilica in Rome, you look at the carvings uh, or the sculpture of Michelangelo and all these people, the, the source of their inspiration was this faith, this belief that if the God who created the heavens and the earth is in us, we can create too. Amen. Today it looks as if the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you become dumb. You know, if, if people were to look at what we do, career-wise and uh, business-wise, we are struggling just as the world. Uh, in fact, sometimes they are doing better because they are doing things we can't do. <laughs> they are cutting corners we can't cut because of our faith. And I believe, honestly, that these things happen. I mean, sometimes because God wants to grow us up, but a lot of the times because we don't fully understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. Think about it. This Bible we have, the custodians of it were fishermen. You know, Jesus comes, within three years, he raises a team of 12, one falls out. So basically a team of 11, most of them illiterate. And they are able to, to put something down that for thousands of years, it still stands. These were not educated people. How did that happen? How did Peter become so eloquent that he can preach in one day and 3,000 people give their life to Christ? Where did Paul get his wisdom to write from? He wasn't the only student of Gamaliel. Gamaliel had had many students before him and many students after. But we still remember the writings of Paul. Why? The Holy Spirit. So sometimes we think we have to step out of God, maybe read some books. I mean, I read a lot, so I would encourage you to read. But you see, the, what will really make you stand out is the Spirit of God at work in your life. Amen. It is just asking him. I remember when I was a student, I was struggling with physics. I mean, I just, I, I just couldn't get a head and tail of it. And one, one afternoon, uh, I was reading and I couldn't get it. So I just prayed. I said, Holy Spirit, I hear you are the teacher. Teach me. Teach me physics. And then I fell asleep. Woke up, and everything that didn't make sense, all of a sudden made sense. Hallelujah. This is very personal, very experiential. If you ask me where in the Bible does it say the Holy Spirit teaches physics, I don't know. All I know is that I couldn't get a hold of physics, and to date I can still remember I was studying reflections and refractions. 
And interestingly, in my career as a photographer, it is information that is very important. Angle of incidence, inverse square law, blah, blah, blah. And, but, but the Holy Spirit actually teaches. In fact, he puts us ahead of the game. He puts us way ahead of the game. All we have to do is ask him, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, show me. In fact, the, and, and, and the provision is so made available that all we have to do is really ask. In, in, Luke, in Luke chapter 11, there's a, it's an account we all know. We all say, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. And then Jesus goes on and says, you who are human, you are mortals, you fathers, if your children ask you for fish, do you give them a snake? If they ask you for egg, do you give them a scorpion? How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. So actually, that whole encouragement that we should ask and seek and knock, we should desire, we should pursue, it was actually in relation to the Holy Spirit. I mean, we can get into the, the arguments, the debates, if you want. You know, but actually God is saying that desire the Holy Spirit. Come to the conversation with a passion, a desire that if there really is a Holy Spirit and he's available for me and he's a seal, our seal of redemption, Father, I want to have him. Come to the conversation with a passion to discover this Holy Spirit because he will bring order where there is chaos. Amen. He will make you the most creative person they ever met. We read about these people in the Bible, and the truth is that they were not exceptional. What really made them exceptional? I mean, on the day they cut Samson's hair, the Bible says he became like any other man. So if you saw him uprooting gates, if you saw him killing lions with his bare hands, killing thousands of people with the jaw of a donkey, it wasn't because Samson was special. In Job, it is written, great men are not always wise. Understanding is not with the aged, but there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. Amen. These people stood out just because of the Holy Spirit. We need a lot of creativity in our lives. A lot of creativity is missing. And sometimes we are struggling all because we really are not led by the Spirit. In fact, the Bible says that to be carnally minded is dead but to be spiritually minded. A life that is led by the Holy Spirit leads to life and peace. Hallelujah. Maybe you are here and you're asking, how can I get the Holy Spirit? In the book of Acts, the apostle Peter made it very clear. This is on the day that he led 3,000 people to Christ. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 38, 39, it, it says, Peter's words, this is after he preached, his words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then, so this is the condition, repent, be baptized, and then you will receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away. Amen. 
this promise is to you, is to everyone. Sometimes I hear people say, oh, but the Holy Spirit is not for everybody. Not according to scripture. The Holy Spirit is for everybody. Hallelujah. Since this promise is to you, it is to your children, it is to those who are near and to those who are far. Hallelujah. Beloved, I, I want you to think about this. Three things. The Holy Spirit brings order. He's not the cause of confusion and disorder. No, he brings order. Sometimes you may be struggling with addictions, with habits, and you know that, they, I mean, I haven't met an addict who, does, who doesn't want to be free. A lot of the time, if they appear not to want to be free, it's because they've given up. They fought hard, they are tired. So they will live with it. You know, they will say, uh, you know, everything can kill a man. So they've given up but the Holy Spirit actually sets free Amen. he comes with this dynamite power that pulls down strongholds in fact what, you know at some point we'll get into speaking in tongues and one of the core things about speaking in tongues is that sometimes the Bible says that sometimes the Holy Spirit prays through us with groanings that words cannot utter so you are there and you know that there is a problem. You know that there is chaos. You don't know the source of the chaos. You don't know the cause of it. Sometimes you think you know. So when you are praying in words, you say, God, my wife, Yamansa, she's giving me a headache. God, touch her heart. God, touch her heart. God, touch her heart. And then you start speaking in tongues. And then the Holy Ghost takes over. And then all of a sudden, the prayer he's praying for you. Oh, God, you know, your son, Kofi, I can be very stupid. Eh? I am too arrogant. God, change my heart. Break me down. Give me experiences that will humble me. Let me see the wisdom in Yaman's words in Jesus' name. And so you leave the prayer meeting and then all of a sudden, you go through experiences that humble you. And then you go and say, Yeah, you said it. Hmm. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember a story about a young man in London who, Ghanaian, you know, gone to London, hustle, and he had to go to the home office. He was hoping to get a permanent stay. And he was praying on the corridor. Lord, grant me favor. Compass your servant with favor like a shield. Open, you know, commanding, doing everything. And then he started speaking in tongues. <laughs> then there was a Filipino cleaner who looked at him and said, do you know what you're saying? You're speaking, first, you're black. How come you're speaking Filipino? You know, like, what? And you are saying that when I go in there, let them turn down my, my documents and let them deport me because my future actually is in Ghana, not here. <laughs> I think it was God's way of just cushioning him for what was to come <laughs> in the room. Because he goes there like, you've overstayed your stay, your visa has expired, uh, go back to your country. <laughs> but he came back knowing that God had a plan for his life here. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows you. He says, before you in your mother's womb, he knew you. He's already gone ahead of you and prepared life for you. All you have to do is align with him. If you are here today and you desire the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter gave us the criteria. He says, first, repent. Basically, accept the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and your personal Savior. Ask him to become Lord of your life. You know, I want us to bow down our heads in prayer. If you, if you want to be prayed with, Please don't hesitate to step forward. 
maybe you've had mixed feelings about this whole thing about the Holy Spirit and all that. I just give you a short introduction to who he is, who he truly is, and what he wants to do with your life, what he wants to do in your life. And he says, oh Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. He says, repent. Sometimes repentance means saying, Lord, I've been trying to do it all by myself. I've been pulling every string I know, making every move I know, and I'm sorry. I yield to you. And then ask the Holy Spirit to come upon your life. The Holy Spirit is here. He's such a gentle spirit. He says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I will come in. If you're willing. We read from Luke 11. God is even, God is more eager to give you the Holy Spirit than you can be hungry for him. He says, If you don't give your children scorpions when they ask for, ask for eggs, you should know that God will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask. So ask, it shall be given unto you. Seek, you will find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. Maybe you received the Holy Spirit baptism a long time ago, but it didn't mean much to you. And this morning you feel that you need a prayer of renewal, a prayer to recommit you know, to, to restart, to reboot this walk with God, this walk with the Holy Spirit. I will encourage you to step forward and we'll pray with you that the Holy Spirit will refill you, will fill you afresh. The Bible says when the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he, that same Spirit, will also quicken your mortal bodies. Maybe you are sick. The Holy Spirit is here to touch you. He will quicken your mortal bodies. Maybe you are in a state of confusion. You, you, you don't know what to do. He's here. He's here. Oh. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I lift your children before you. I pray for fresh ideas, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of wisdom and of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that this is who you are to us. Anybody who is stuck, who is stuck mentally, psychologically, emotionally, let your spirit of creativity fall on them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, teach us to fall in love with the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And Father, we look forward to a great personal journey for each and every one of us. Be glorified in our lives, Lord. Lead us, Spirit of God. You are the great teacher the Spirit who guides us into all truth. Lead us, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you.